0: Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. We started uh, last week um, concerning giving and how to give and the reasons why we give and uh, I gave you three reasons when you give, uh, sow, we call it giving or sowing into the kingdom of God or bring your resources into the church, that uh, it should be um, because of a revelation of giving. It should be because you uh, appreciate, uh, uh, appreciate God or an appreciation. Um, and so we're going to continue with that. And something God spoke to me, he says, giving is supposed to be a response and not a command giving is supposed to be a response and not a command so again when we when we bring our resources into the kingdom of god or when we bring our resources into the church it should be because of we're being inspired to do it inspiration it should be because we have a revelation of giving or it should be because of an appreciation Those are the reasons that we give, and all of those are in response to something, not commanded to do something. And, of course, we're still clearing up the fact that we're not living by the law and God is not mad at you if you don't give. He still loves you unconditionally, whether you give or whether you don't give. But we have to understand that we live in a different kingdom now, and that kingdom also has its way of operating. We should learn what those operations are. But we should be free. We should have freedom when we give. Uh, We should have freedom when we release our resources. We should have freedom when we release our earnings to the church. And the thing about it is, is when you are inspired by God, when you're doing an appreciation, when you do it through revelation, then you're not ever concerned about what they do with your money. You don't have a problem with it. It's like because I, I have a revelation of it. And I'm only doing... I'm only responding not to the person, but I'm responding to God. Yes. Amen. Man, it clears up a whole lot of stuff. Amen. 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 I just have a question. How many of you want God to actually take care of you? How many of you want God to take care of you physically, financially give you security stability take care of you spiritually take care of you mentally and socially how many of you really want God to you know I want you to head that up for me God you know I, I I've, some of you may say I've done an okay job but I know it can be better others say you know what I have just totally jacked some of this stuff up <laughs> and I want it done your way I want it done your way Well, Paul says to the uh, church of Philippi in a place, he says that my God will supply all your need, he said, according to his riches in glory. He says, according to his riches. So Paul is not talking to them about something that comes earthly. He's talking about something that is inspired by God. He's talking about a supply that God gives. Now, this supply can come through natural means, like it can come through your job, or it can come through uh, some miracle that takes place with you. Something awesome may happen, and, you know, I don't know, you may find out you inherited some money. Who knows how it comes? But God says, uh, Paul says that God shall supply. And, of course, I listened to the uh, uh, conference with the men, and I know that Pastor Brian went over Ecclesiastes uh, and talked about, in Chapter 11, and, you know, you might go back and get that. It was really good. He says, we don't know what's going to Come off, what's gonna, what God is gonna prosper? He said, either this or that. He said, it can, He could can prosper you through your uh, gift and your talent that God has given you, or He can prosper you through a job where you're using your gift and your talent, either way. He said, But you know, don't close your hand up because He can come either way. It's just that sometimes, again, we put God in a box and determine how it should happen. Mm-hmm. Praise God. And sometimes for a season, you may get it from both areas, both places. But what we don't do is we don't tell God how to do it. We're more interested in it getting done. I don't know about you. I'm more interested than in it happening than me trying to figure out how it happened. See, because for all I know, God may want to do it one way today, another way next week. But if I'm stuck on this, I can't even see him doing, trying to pull it out from a different place because... I'm so stuck on what I think is the the way. Mm. Praise God. See, before we became born again and accepted Jesus into our heart, we actually had no choice but to live under the world system. We had no choice that we had to to do it that way. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 19, you don't have to turn there, but it talks about when uh, Adam and Eve transgressed and God was dealing out, you know, the punishment for it, he told Adam, he said, you're going to have to live by the sweat of your brow now. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer going to be there making it easy for you like I did before. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to toil. You're going to have to plant. You're going to have to reap. You're going to have to keep it good. You're going and so that passed on through generations. You know, some of you say, you know what, I don't have a garden. I don't have a field. But you use your brain to do your job. And how many of you, sometimes a job can get pretty stressful. Yes. Yes. Praise God. <laughs> he, those things can get stressful. So, uh, but God can make you so smart. Things you didn't know, he can, he can tell you about them. He can reveal to you. You can be sitting on your job, got this hard thing that you're trying to get through, and it's so complex, and you can pray to God, and it'll be just like, man, it's been there the whole time. It's so obvious to me, but it wasn't obvious to other people, but when you got in with God, hallelujah, it became like, I should have seen this the whole time. Man, that's just, I mean, God gave me his wisdom, because he knew how it's supposed to go. You know, interestingly enough, I sometimes I'm like Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't really mean to use you for all these little minor things, but you really know where I put whatever it was. You know. And we know we don't need to waste time. God don't like for us to waste time. <laughs> so if you could just please show me where this is, or even it, 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 or even at work, could you could you please help me understand? What is being said and what is being done? Could you show me? See, God's like, you know, I want to get in on this. But before salvation, we had to do it all on our own. Amen. Mm. Amen. The sweat of your bow. But when we got born again, God offered us free favors. Let's look at that in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Free favors. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 4 and verse 19, that's in the Amplified. We're going to look at that. Luke chapter 4 and verse 19. And uh, I know you may be saying, what does this got to do with giving? See, let me tell you something. In order for God to meet those things that we talked about, uh, security and stability and spiritual things, we have to trust Him. We have to trust Him. We have to find God. Listen at this. Trustworthy. So I'm just going to read some things to you today so we can get our minds set. Amen? Amen. So in Luke chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus said, He came to proclaim, this is in Amplified, the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Jesus said, I came here to declare jubilee, not every seven years, but every day of your life. I came to declare jubilee. The acceptable year of the Lord, the day when free favors. God said, I'll do you a free favor. When favor, unmerited favor shall abound. Let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to look at verse 6. We'll look at that in the King James. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. God presented us with a gift, the gift of Jesus Christ. And here it says in Isaiah, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. So this is the promise. Unto us is born a child. He says, and the government, the government, shall be upon his shoulders. The government. So what, it, what he's saying is the government of the kingdom of God, how God operates, what his rules are, what his regulations are, how things are supposed to go. He said that's going to be on Jesus' shoulder, the kingdom of God government. Jesus is now going to govern the church. You're now switched. You've now been translated, the Bible says in Colossians. We're going to go there in a few minutes. Colossians, we've now been translated into the kingdom of God, where God now has established that Jesus is going to rule over that kingdom. Praise God. So he's going ha- to be the one who controls the policies. He's the one who's going to set up how things are supposed to operate. He's the one who's going to determine the direction of the people. He's the one who's going to determine how things, how things, again, operate, how they go, how they function, how we should see them, how we should look at them. Jesus is now governing your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalms 8 Let's look at verse six. Psalms chapter eight. We're going to back up instead of starting at verse six. Um, let's look at verse three. Psalms chapter eight and verse three. It reads, "When I consider." Thy heavens and the works of thy fingers the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained what is man that thou visited him for thou has made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor you know I, I kept looking at that word angel and uh, I've heard people talk about the translators how they translated that word so The Old Testament is actually written in Hebrew, so I went back to look up the Hebrew word there, and actually it's Elohim. I have made you a little lower than Elohim, not angels. Because remember, the Bible says that we will judge angels and that they're servants of ours. So if we're made a little lower than them, how can we actually judge someone who's a little lower than us? So it didn't make sense to me. So that word actually, it says angels, but when you look it up in the Hebrews, it means Elohim. So again, he says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, or Elohim, and have crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, All sheep and oxen and yea and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all of the earth. He said you've made him to have dominion over all these things. Man and the son of man, speaking of God. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8 because this is repeated again. Hebrews, excuse me, did I tell you 1 and 8? I hope so. And it reads, let's look at it in the uh, Amplified. He says, but as to the Son, he says to him, your throne, O God, is forever and ever to the ages of the ages. And the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of absolute righteousness, of justice and straightforwardness. He says that the kingdom that Jesus is going to reign over is forever and ever. That is never going to end. It will always be the same. That he's going to rule over us forever. And I need to read that to you out of the easy reading version because I like how simple that it was said, and it reads, it says, but this is what he said about his son, God, your kingdom, notice he refers to his son as God, God, your kingdom will last forever and ever. So when Jesus set up, or when God set up the kingdom of God, and he gave it to Jesus to rule over at this time, he said it's going to rule forever and ever. So we don't need to think that the things that Jesus has promised us that should happen uh, through rulership over over his kingdom are going to stop one day, are not going to be available one day, or it's for a certain group of people and not for this group of people, or a certain dispensation, and not for this dispensation. And because our salvation came free to us, that it was through the grace of God, we don't even have to earn the right to be a citizen. You know, when when people come over here and they want to be citizens of, um, uh, of America, the United States, they have to go through some uh, uh, different testings they have to learn different things they have to uh, it's it's not very easy it takes a good little while to become a citizen of the United States of America but isn't God good I'm gonna allow you to be a citizen when you really don't qualify Amen. Amen. you know guys he he God is just trying to show us how gracious he really is. You don't qualify, but um, I'm going to do this awesome thing for a bunch of people who don't qualify to even have the things that I'm offering. He says, I'm going to qualify you myself. I'm going to come down as my son, and I'm going to qualify you. I'm going to... I'm going to do everything necessary for you to become a part of this wonderful kingdom that I have. I'm going to pay all the penalties necessary for you just so I can get you into my kingdom, just so I can show you how very good I am. And sometimes because we say it so much, we don't even realize the magnitude of Jesus having come and suffered and died and was raised from the dead for us because we hear it so much. We, you know, I've heard it from childhood and sometimes you don't place the significance necessary on that to even, to even uh, reap the rewards or the benefits of him having done it. It's almost like people are looking for something else to qualify them or do something else, Jesus, to help me understand that this, that this really took place. Um, Jesus, I need for you, it's like what they talked about in the Gospels how the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they look for a sign. It was like, come on, come on, perform for us. Come on, Jesus, do something. Let us see that you can do something, you know, uh, even down to his death. Okay, if you saved other people, save yourself, Jesus, if you really Jesus. Then maybe I'll believe. Like what he's done is not enough. Let me help you, let me help you out. There's nothing else he's going to do. He died, he rose again. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. He gave the invitation into the kingdom that he's going to rule and operate and govern things. That is all he's going to do. Look at somebody say, that is over. over. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He says, my kingdom is going to reign forever and ever. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 and verse 31. Luke chapter 1 and verse 31. And I'll go ahead and read that out of the Amplified. Not Amplified, but out of the easy reading version. It says in verse 31, listen, he's talking to Mary. He said, listen, you will become pregnant and have a baby boy. You will name him Jesus. He will be great. People will call him the son of the most high God, and the Lord God will make him light, make him king like his ancestor David. He will rule over the people of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. This is going to be a real brief message for you today, because God wants you to just think about all that he set up and all that he's done, and the fact that you no longer live under the rulership of the world. And what I mean by that, and that's Satan. We call Satan as a ruler of this world. He talks about he is the God of this world, and so we no longer When we got born again, we're no longer a part of that. And you've got to understand that you're no longer a part of that. Satan does not dictate to you how you live your life. I mean, we call it the world and we say flesh and blood, but underneath all of it, all, is him ruling over. In the book of uh, Ephesians, he talked about we were in this world without God on our side. We had no God. We was with, when you're not born again, it says God is not on your side. Amen. That means your life is governed by the ruler of this world, which is Satan. And God is saying, I'm putting you into another place. you got to understand that you're not governed by those things. They don't apply to you. Look at somebody and say they don't apply, don't apply to me. They don't apply to you. I mean, <laughs> things happen to you, but you got to determine at that time what rulership you under. Yes. That's right. That's right. You got to determine at that time who's what 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 citizenship you hold. What, what, you know, there are some people now we can't do this, but people try. There's some people who got dual citizenship. I mean, the world will let you have dual citizenship. But that's not true for the body of Christ. You don't need to be trying to jump from one citizenship to another citizenship. You know, when I'm in this country, I act like this. And when I'm in that country, I have another set of rules. It will mess, look at somebody say, it'll mess you up. You'll find yourself driving on the wrong side of the road in the wrong country because you can get confused. Trying to live by both sets. And God is saying, "You, you you need to know where you live. You need to know where you operate. You need to know what rules impact you and what rules don't impact you. Glory to God. He says, so when you, when you can make the distinction, look at somebody and say, make the, make the distinction. So you don't need to be talking, what they say, out of both sides of your mouth. Amen. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I think I'm going to die. Amen. What rule, what, what, what government is in authority here? What government is going to rule? Listen, let me help you out. The government of God has more power, ability, and authority over the world. Let me just help you out. Okay. See, because the world deals with uh, things that are subject to change. Deal with things that are subject to change. (laughs) But the kingdom of God and God's rulership is never going to change. The rules are always going to be the same. By the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to supply your needs. I'm going I'm to handle your children. I'm going to give you pieces of passes. All i understand. These are standing things in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. No matter how loud the other world may sound, you carry more authority. The kingdom of God carries more authority. That unseen kingdom. Colossians, let's jump over there right quick, Colossians. Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one, and let us look at Let's start at verse 13, and we're going to look at this. Uh, We'll look at it in the King James. Colossians chapter 1. Let's start at verse 13. Let's go to verse 12. I just kind of popped this one in, so I want to make sure I cover everything. Verse 12. It says, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even in the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him speaking about Jesus, for by him we were all uh, by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Amplified says in verse 16, For it was in him that all things were created in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things were created and exist through him by his service, intervention, and in and for him. And he himself existed before all things, and in him all things consist. They cohere and are held together. He also is the head of his body, the church seeing he is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, and so that he alone in everything and in every respect might occupy the chief place and stand first and preeminent. He said, I should stand first in your life. I should be first in your life. I should be the first one you come to when there's a challenge. I should be the first one you look to if, if something's going on in your life. I should be the first. I should take preeminence over everything you see in this earth. Because after all, I created it all. And it ain't, even, it ain't even being held together except for I'm holding it all together. He said, the stuff you see came from stuff you don't see. So how is it you think you need to believe in what you see? when everything you see came from what don't even exist, or you cannot see, let me put it that way, you can't see where it came from. And I'm telling you, as head of your life, as over the government carrying the government on my shoulders, he said, I'm telling you, my government is stronger, more powerful, can override Anything, any other government has. I have (laughs) preeminence. Glory to God. I have preeminence. And you got to believe that that's what I. it is forever. No one's going to come overthrow me. No other government can challenge me. (laughs) That's the rulership you're under. Of course I can take care of you. Yes. Of course I can handle anything that's going on. Yes. Hallelujah. Through some unseen stuff called faith. Yes. Yes. It's not a belief in your strength. It's a belief in his strength. Yes. Yes. See, we, we come along thinking, it's my, it's my faith that causes things to happen. No, it's your faith in what Jesus Christ has already done that caused things to happen. Listen, take the weight off your shoulders. God's not asking you to carry it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Government. In in the Hebrew, uh, when they talk about government in the Old Testament, um, people who had this um, uh, position they, they sometimes would actually carry a key, meaning I have the power to lock and unlock. They would carry a key. Sometimes they carry it on their shoulders. Sometimes they said they'd have a servant to carry it in front of them. But it represent that, represented the position that they had. I have authority. I can let you in the treasury, and I can let you out of the treasury. I can lock the door, and you can't get in, or I can open the door for you. Remember, Jesus said he is the door. You can come in and out. That's what the Bible says. You can come in and out and be supplied. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I carry the key. And I can unlock stuff, and I can lock stuff up on your behalf. If I unlock it, can't nobody lock it. Hallelujah. He said, I, I carry, that's the kind of authority I carry. That's why the Bible says the government, that's why the Old Testament said the government would be on his shoulder because it represented a person in authority, he had the person who had authority over the treasury. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what did Jesus say? And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So whatsoever you bound will be bound, and whatsoever you loose will be loose." Because I've carried the, I'm handing the keys of the kingdom over to you. Yes. Hallelujah. Walk in my authority. Amen. I'm giving you permission. Yes. Mm. And how many of you know the kingdom of God is voice activated? Yes. You'll have what you say. Yes. What did Jesus tell him? When he, when, when he, after he had um, cursed the fig tree, and, and, and Peter was like, oh, my God, look what happened. The tree it dried up from the root." And Jesus said, if you say to this mountain. He didn't say if you pray about this mountain. Y'all get that? He didn't say pray about this. He said say to this mountain. We're praying about a lot of stuff. We need to be saying something, too. <laughs> <laughs> if you say. Say to this mountain, be thou removed. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, you better start saying some stuff instead of praying about some stuff. Hallelujah. And you say it, and you say it, and you say it till it realizes that you're not going to stop saying it and that you have authority in that area in the name of Jesus. It's not my power, it's His power, and I'm only activating His power through my words. And I say to this mountain, I say to this lack, I say to this illness, I say to this disturbance, I say to my emotions, I say, I say, I say, I say. Hallelujah! And then I give praise to God. When I go to prayer, my prayer is, Glory to God. I say it. I don't pray it. I say it. You know, some of y'all got some mountains that they just won't move because you keep praying about it. You need to talk to your mountain. Mountain of defeat in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What happened when the disciples met the man? They they didn't say, you know, I pray that you be healed. They said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. In other words, get up. Legs function. Do what you were created to do. Hallelujah. account of God we serve hallelujah just like just like you responded to the word that God said there is a response we trying to make something and God said no you need to be responding to something hallelujah Mm -mm -mm. you don't react to anything you respond to it well, that's how Jesus did the tree. He responded to it. He walked up, he said, he was happy. I'm gonna get some fruit off of this. Oh wait a minute. What are you saying to me? You saying you don't have any fruit when you are looking like you ought to have fruit? Oh I curse you in the name of Jesus. People are like, you can't be talking to stuff. you better talk to stuff Because listen, it's talking to you. Your bank account saying you ain't got no money. You know you ain't got no money. Why you even got an account? You ain't got no money. You need just my God shall supply. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. And whether I have a dime in the bank or not, the truth is, is he's gonna supply my needs. But somebody will come and give it to me, but it's gonna happen. I'm not gonna dictate the way, but it's gonna happen. Man, man, oh man, oh man. God is good hallelujah Woo. Woo. glory glory to God oh man oh man oh man I'm so excited I'm so excited about Jesus not what he is what he has done what he is doing I mean we're supposed to be relishing in the Works of, God, of Jesus. We're supposed to be rejoicing in what He's already finished for us. Hallelujah! So we're only saying what He says. Saying what He says. Glory to God. When I when I when I look at at Pastor Nick on this front row, and I went to visit him. He was only saying what the words said concerning him. He didn't care what the doctors were saying to him, though so he would still be in the hospital or in the grave. He kept saying what the word said in spite of what the world was saying. He was saying what the kingdom of God was saying. Hallelujah. And the reports weren't always good. But he knew, he knew, he knew, he knew. knew. And listen, God is a dependable God. A dependable God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we respond to the kingdom of God. We don't respond to the world. We respond to the kingdom of God. And when you don't know what to say, listen, your help will tell you. Your help will tell you. The Holy Ghost, the part of God, the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you will tell you what to say. He'll tell you what to say. Somebody else may have a a, a scripture out of Psalms. Somebody may have a scripture out of Ephesians. But you need to know what your own personal scripture is concerning whatever is going on with you. And listen, it may not be scripture in verse. But I'm telling you right now, he'll tell i shared it with you i was feeling really sickly and i was talking to god he said deborah every step you take and every breath you breathe you breathe in life and healing and i i'll go for my walks every step i took man There were difficult days to take those steps, but I took those steps and it was like, Father, I thank you that every step I take and every breath I breathe, I breathe in health and healing. And Father, I just don't want to be healed, I want to be healthy. Because after everything was over, he said, you don't need to stop saying that. He said, you're breathing in health and healing. Health, health. Help! you keep saying what the kingdom of God says, because if you don't, the world system gonna show up again and say something else to you. So you don't stop your confessions because it appears like something is over. Listen, I I trust God for a total, when people ask me to pray for them now about a sickness, I'm not just praying about your sickness or that illness you got, no, total whole. Didn't it say, and Jesus made them whole? Yeah. Yeah. They came for one thing, but Jesus made them All. Oh. All. Oh. 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 In the Bible, he says, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, he talks about exceeding abundantly above all we could think or ask. That means if I ask for one thing, I should be accepting more. I should be accepting more. If I ask for five dollars, it needs to be more. Are you all understanding what I'm saying? Because that's what that's what the kingdom of God says. That's that's the government we are under. Praise God. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.